From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State, and all across America and the world, this is The Big and Wild Outdoors. With your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Glenn Kinman. Hi! <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Hour number three. Wow, dude, you guys make the first two hours go pretty fast. I like it. Yeah. Well, this this yep. is the pick on Vince hour. Uh, no, welcome, welcome yeah. back. It's, yeah. uh, I did call you Vince. Yep. That's a start. Yep. Braden Vince and uh, the Cuban redneck uh, Carlos Lopez in the studio. Bill George in the studio. Aaron behind the board, and we are in the studio today, <sighs> having fun. I think I've lost like five pounds when here with you guys. I'm telling you, during the break. You know, Vince is this guy who wants to go Facebook Live everything in his entire life. And uh, the thing is, he did it here in the studio. And, you know, it's true. A lot of uh, great content doesn't ever make it onto the air because we're talking amongst ourselves. We are a FCC licensed radio station. So that conversation usually has to happen with the microphones off. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, when you have the Facebook Live thing going, it kind of. Takes the mystery out of it for sure. Well, so, I'm, gl- uh, I'm glad there was no sound. Yeah, exactly. It was it was nice, but it did spark a conversation with Captain Ray, who is now calling the show. So well, there you go, Captain Ray Markham. Yeah, yes, you sir. You could have just texted Captain Ray, and he'll call. Well, this was more fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, well, we we got it as as uh, as we as they would say on Facebook, we got it organically. We didn't Dude. have to pay for it. We got it organically. Yeah, that could have so. gone wrong. It could have gone really gone. Yeah. Uh, but uh, before the break, we were <clears throat> talking a little bit about uh, the fishing and Bill George, for some reason, a man who knows nothing about fishing whatsoever, uh, except for uh, fishing for alligators, uh, said he wanted to talk about something fishing related, and we yeah, wouldn't let him that, speak during I've, the break, so we wanted to be surprised. I've been uh, curious about uh, your position on closing down the trout, the snook, and the redfish. Uh, whose year. position are you asking that to? I can't tell Vince, with your Vince, my personal the, the my personal opinion. Guy. Yes, I think it's a great thing. Why? What? I give the fish the chance to regroup. Okay, first of all, are you out of your mind? Think Vince? about it. Hold no, on. No, Hold no, on. No, no. Think about it. What? What? Regroup to what? Regroup from what? <laughs> regroup from getting caught and tore up. These fish. You Who's think about how many them and tearing them up. How many charter captains go out every single day and yeah. slay snook? And how many redfish? Are, and how trout. many are still doing it? And then you have those charter captains. How many are still doing it? Hold that? on, hold on. You asked my opinion. Let me give it. Then you have all the weekend warriors that are going out and slaying the snook, and you know those morons aren't following the rules, so they're pulling the, the way, fish out. Uh, by the way, uh, fishing community, you're not all morons. Not all of them, yes. but you know there's a handful I, out there that are out there doing it the wrong bad way. Guys and everything. They're deplorables. <laughs> the salute. The solution. <laughs> No, here's the solution. Give the fish Go a break. Let them, them regroup. But here's the solution. Let's start a tag system for snook, redfish, and trout. No, listen. Oh, my Lord. Let, let me, let and me on say that note, oh. let's ask the captain that's on the phone and see what I he says. I see the boards are going to light up now. All right. Well, you know what? Captain Ray Markham, good morning. How are you doing, sir? Good morning. I guess you got your delay on. I'm sitting here uh, uh, behind listening on the computer, and now you're on the air. Here. Uh, yeah, well, we're on the air, but uh, the thing is, is uh, in about, uh, oh, I don't know, a minute and a half, you're going to be just as mad as the rest of us in here. So, uh, <laughs> no, problem. Uh, no problem. Good thing we have a dump button. Uh, the thing is, is that Bill George uh, asked the 
Bill George asked the question of uh, Vince. Uh, you know, he's with Living the Water Life and uh, does a lot of fishing with Captain Jim Pollard. And uh, he is for the uh, the ban. He thinks that it's a good thing. I- I'm sorry, it's not a ban. It is a what is it called? A one year closure to truck. Trout, snook, and redfish. A temporary closure in the is, part is of what it's referred to. And um, you wouldn't be able to hear it because you're on the delay, but Vince said that it would give the fish an opportunity. Well, here, you explain. You tell it, it would give the fish an opportunity to regroup and you know spawn and get, get well. Dude, we tear these fish up day in and day out. I thought you were going to say red tide. No, it's, it has nothing to do with red tide, ding dong. No, a little bit of everything. Well, did you well, hear what the man yeah, just I heard, said? I heard Captain Ray. You're too. insulting everybody today. Yeah, I can't win. To do with the red tide. If if it weren't just uh, if it were for the uh, anglers doing it, then you would see it all over the state because the pressure is everywhere in Florida. Correct. I mean, when you look at, at more than a million, uh, like a thousand new residents coming into Florida a day, mm-hmm. and and how many of those? What percentage is buying a fishing license or not, exactly. or just going out with guides? I mean, you look at look at social media and look at all the people that are posting photographs of limits of fish every day on yep. a cleaning table. Oh yeah, all the, right. Yeah, that's the right. limits are there because that's the sustainable harvest that is allowed. Well, that is true. But, unfortunately, there's another aspect of this whole thing that is outside uh, what's going on with, with um, the officers are supposed to be out on the water enforcing. We don't have enough enforcement. That's true. Right? By far. And, and you know, I, I personally feel like they need fishing licenses uh, in Florida uh, for everybody that fishes. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to use the resource, just like, just like you're going hunting— if you're going to use the resource, then get a license. Yep. So, and I don't, I don't care if you're fishing from shore, if you're standing in two feet of water, three feet of water, whatever, or sixty-five or older. Yep. Yep. It, well, uh, yeah, I'm over sixty-five, and I still buy a license regardless. Yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. why you are a legend, and you know more about this than what we're talking about. But the, the, I don't got that. Well, you know, <laughs> the, the other thing is, is uh, I, I understand. I, I talked to a few captains, and at first I was kind of like really kind of miffed about the whole thing. I don't stand with Vince when it comes to the recovery of the fishery because they're being caught all the time. Uh, the way it was explained to me is the reason why they included Tampa Bay into this temporary closure was because you would have so many captains coming up from Sarasota County, Port Charlotte, and everything else, yeah. where it was affected by red tide coming up and removing fish from our fishery because it was still allowed here. And That's then we would be overwhelmed with captains from Terracia all exactly. the way up to uh, the Alify and then beyond. Yeah, that's what now, I read. It, this, this do, you is, agree, do you agree with that, or do you think that's a bad well, idea? He, here's, here's the thing that goes on. And, and quite frankly, anytime you have a closure of a single species, it's going to put pressure on other species that are available. Right. All right? Now, now that we have a closure in this area... There are a significant number of people, the meat, the meat lovers that just want to go out and kill fish and eat them every night. They're going to go to an area where you can do that, you know, where it's legally allowed. And, and you know, if, if, the, if the fishery is sustainable, then, then so be it. So, uh, you know, that, that's just what, what's going to happen. Well, you know, okay. First of all, you say sustainable. Our snook yes. population is above the 10-year average 
above. And all we're doing is raising the bar higher so that later on down the line, we say, oh, look, we don't have as many snook as we used to. Well, no, you were above be then. We just were raising the bar. We are the only part of the state that's above the trout um, management goals. Bill, what was the last time you went snook fishing? Me? It's been a while. Okay. Yeah, but that doesn't matter when he's doing fishing. What I'm, what I'm trying your, to say your is brother goes off, when right? you're pulling them snook up and you're constantly seeing the whole thing. So you're in their saying we should get time. rid of catch and release and we should only allow catch and keep? No, I'm not saying that. He's just asking. So Vince is looking at this, Captain Ray, as a recovery time for our, our fisheries. But in reality, it's not going to be a recovery time because you can still go catch them. You just have to release them. You can't put them in a frying pan. There's a quotient that you're not even taking into consideration here. Regardless of whether you release fish or not, there's still going to be release mortality. Right. Okay. With, and with dolphins. Trout, with, with, with trout, the highest release mortality is, is there. It's, it's almost 10%. Wow. Okay. No matter, what, no matter what you do with a trout, if you catch it and release it, about 10%. Now, it, and I honestly believe that fishing with artificial lures is has a, a lower mortality rate than fishing with live bait. I agree. Majority, That's true. There's a lot of guys, and they're still using J-hooks, and they'll gut hook fish. They, they sit there and, and wait for them to swallow it and then set the hook. And those fish are so uh, tender. I mean, they're going to croak. You bring them in, you release them at the side of the boat, they look like they swim away, and five minutes later you see a fish floating by the boat. Yeah, dolphins you know? uh, chasing it and killing it, or uh, you know, see a nice yeah. little, a little black tip chewing well, on him. Well, Captain Ray, can well, you hang on for us? we got to take a break. Uh, can you hang on through the break? Sure. All right, well, hold on for us. We'll be back. We're going to take a real fast one here. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Ford. Stay with us. Welcome back, everybody. It's Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden, Vince, Carlos Lopez, Bill George, and on the phone, Captain Ray Markham, the Duke of Tampa Bay. I like that one. I, I just gave him the royal kind of title, good. the Duke of Tampa Bay. Well, you're the Don of Indian Rocks, so he's got to be the uh, the Duke of Tampa Bay. And um, Ray Markham, we were talking, of course, the discussion got a little more heated. You weren't involved in it. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Um, uh, during the... Uh, during the break about this uh, little closure, this temporary, and I say temporary, which means two years, uh, closure that we have in the Tampa Bay area, plus along the uh, southwest coast of the state of Florida. Two years? I thought it was one. Well, it's already been closed. Like, Snook has been closed for a year already. So, yeah. Trout just got added. For Bill always year. includes what has been into what is happening. So, gotcha, gotcha. Now, a lot of people were complaining about the fact, well, it means I can't go get trout and all that stuff. And, of course, Bill George being the guy who lives in the gray world, you know, he's like, hey, they, you can always go up uh, Chassawiska, uh, north of there, and you can go catch all the trout you want. You can go up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and there's a ton of them up there. But anyway, um, we were talking during the break, and you said something that I – I'm not a guy who likes to ban a lot of things. I like to think more of uh, the libertarian who leans a little more to the right than than a lot of things. But mm -hmm. I, I always look at it this way. In the old days when people were catching fish to catch fish to take home to eat, J-hooks were okay. 
Because if you're going to kill a fish or you caught it in the gills and it's bleeding to death and everything else and you're putting it in the cooler anyway, it's no big deal. But in this day and age where 90% of the people are thinking catch and release, they go out just to catch fish and let it go. Do you think there should be a requirement that there should be circle hook used for when you're doing catch and release only and then J hooks if you're actually going out to catch a species to take home to eat? Well, unfortunately, you can't pick and choose what fish bites your line, you know, bites your hook. Right. And and it's and it's pretty indiscriminate. It's it's like, you know, the state of Florida decided that they were uh, um, going to build uh, band ga- uh, gill nets because they were so efficient. They, But they caught everything in them, and there was a significant number of bycatch, if you will, and you can include snook or redfish or whatever, mm-hmm. in that catch that um, would get gilled and die. So that's part of the reason I think that they... They mandate circle hooks, for instance, for reef, reef species. So, I mean, it, they, they just don't gut hook fish and kill fish um, like J-hooks can. Right, because a lot of those are undersized or they're not in season or whatever, and they do have to be released, and you don't want to do it with a big, you know, number 12 hook stuck down in its gullet somewhere, <laughs> and, it, and it can't, you know, eat, uh, you know, for four or five days, and... Mr. Bullshark comes along and goes, hey, there's a weekend little guy right there, and uh, you never see that fish again. Uh, you know, you touched on something earlier, and I'm sorry for interrupting while, while my feeble brain still has it in there. Go. Um, about dolphins. Right. Okay? Now, if you think back about, what, 20 or 30 years, did we ever have a problem with dolphins coming no. up and eating fish release? Okay. No, my not at all. On, my take on that is you can train fish just like you train animals, all right? SeaWorld does it all the time. If you're a live bait fisherman and you sit there and the first thing you do when you get to your place uh, where you want to fish is you start unloading the live well, chumming, then you're going to attract fish. And if you're going to attract fish, you're going to attract the predators that eat those fish as well. So Mm -hmm. you've got dolphins that are coming in there, come right to your boat, and as you sit and chum, that's what they do. And when you release fish, that's their chum. Oh, yeah, they just they sit there eating like it's a free uh, vending machine. I mean, uh, you know, yeah. snook and whatever it is you're catching don't even have a chance. I've seen it a million times. But, uh, well, you know, I am I like to fish artificial. Uh, I'm a big artificial fishing guy. I like it. I like the, the fact that you can change baits, and it's a little more uh, sportsman-y, I guess you would think. But, you know, if I'm going offshore or I'm going somewhere, uh, I like to uh, use live bait. And... Uh, <laughs> Catch, you know, something that I'm going to take home and put into uh, the frying pan. So, you know, that's the way I look at it. If I'm just going to go well, out I get it. and go I out get with yeah. I mean, I, I'll be the first one to tell you, I, if I'm going offshore with somebody, more than likely I'll be fishing live bait. Sure. Because the, on, the only, uh, I say the only, the only lures that I find that are really effective if you're fishing, bottom fishing out there are something like a butterfly jig. And, and it's only specific species that you're going to get, so... I mean, you can drop down other jigs and things like that, and you can catch fish. Um, I do not fish offshore uh, in any kind of uh, regularity at all. So, you know, I, I'm not your offshore guy. <clears throat> I just fish inshore for whatever we can get in here. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll tell you, the areas that, that were really highly impacted by red tide, I, I don't want to say dead zones because, I mean, you, you've got 
so many aspects going on with closures right now because of political reasons versus the actual, you know, hard facts of what's what's dead, what's alive, et cetera, et cetera, that it's hard to disseminate the difference between, you know, what what's real and, and what's a political thing. Well, and, and I, I try and separate all that. But I'll tell you something. Um, when I moved down to the Bradenton, Sarasota area in 1989, and I'm back up in St. Pete now, but when I moved down there, um, it was absolutely nothing to take a jig and go out and catch 200 trout in about three or four hours. Easy. It was nothing. Easy. Easy. And, yeah. and I call that the rock star you, years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, rock star years. When you could show up, you could have been a rock star back then. Yeah, you could go yeah, up and show up with a, uh, a nice little pink uh, love lure and go down there and, yeah. and catch two at a time God. all day long. Mr. Love, I miss him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and the thing is, is that right now, I mean, there's places that I, I've got really good friends who are some of the best guys in the whole friggin' world that fish those areas every day, or at least they try. And I'll tell you, you struggle. You struggle to catch a handful of fish, and, and, and it's and it's pathetic. I mean, the water looks good and that kind of thing, but something is definitely wrong. And but, you know, you you can't say everything uh, all points to sewage or it all points to red tide or whatever, because there may be multiple factors that we're not really aware of yet. And you're 100 percent on the money. The water looks great. The grass is coming back. Everything really looks good out there, but. Yeah. He's right. It is. It's, it takes some time to go get one or two trout. It's hard to find. You need a new guide. I, I look. I look at places like not to point fingers at Bay News Nine, but they interview people who have no knowledge of facts, and, and, and some guy that lives on the water that just moved down here from Poughkeepsie or something. <laughs> and he sees some brown glob floating in the water. It's the same brown glob that probably floated thirty years ago here. Yep. And all of a sudden, for him, it's red tide because that's what he's heard on the news. And I'll tell you something. It's just like the freaking oil spill we had years ago where I had 12 trips canceled in the first week after the oil spill. And at the time, I was going out with somebody who lived in Pensacola, and they walked the beach every morning. And I'd ask, you know, like, what's what's going on? Are you seeing water or, or oil on the shores? No. I mean, and this happened right off of the shoreline where they were living. All right, but uh, three of those three of those people out of the twelve that canceled were from foreign countries. Yeah, and they uh, don't have a clue. And, and they said it's all over the news. Florida is covered with oil. Yeah, and we didn't. I didn't see one uh, tar ball on St. Pete Beach at all. I, I didn't, didn't see what I did. Rocks. Nothing. And. And I, not just that, but the hotels and everything else that were affected, all the people who canceled because uh, apparently we were up to our necks in, uh, you know, oil from uh, BP. But but now um, this time of year, tarpon, uh, you know, my boy Vince, uh, he's not much a big tarpon guy, so I'm sure he's got lots of questions for you. I actually do have a tarpon question. Oh, okay. I do have one. If you're pulling a tarpon in and let's say a shark eats half of your tarpon, are you allowed to take that tarpon and use it for shark bait? <laughs> That's not a question for me. Ask, ask the man in the in the gray suit that comes up beside you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Technically, no, you cannot do that. You no. have to you have to use your tarpon tag, don't you? The, 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 the only know. time you can use a tarpon tag is if you believe it's, it's a, a world, world record. record. And if you don't think 
that half of a tarpon is a world record. <laughs> yeah. Th- th- that show is over. Maybe yeah. if there's a world record for how much a shark bit off in the first bite. <laughs> I don't know if know. they have a contest for that. Uh, you know, because I've seen a lot in Boca Grande that are some pretty good contenders for that uh, title for sure. So, but in a nutshell, you just got to throw it back in the water and let it go. Pretty much. You know, you got to turn it back. It's yeah. not like a freshwater. If you catch a bluegill in freshwater, you could turn around, put a hook in it, and go bass fishing with it. If you caught it. If you caught it. But, but not if, if I caught it, you couldn't use it. No, no. I couldn't use that one. Then. If you're, gonna, you're not going to eat that, let me use it for bait. You can't do that. But now, uh, anything else uh, that we've covered that you want to throw at us or anything like that? Or we want to let you go and go out and go play in the water? That nine-inch bait, I want to know what it is. Oh. <laughs> That's a secret, Kat. I, you know I told you. You know what? I'll... I'll, I'll uh, I'll, I'll have Vince uh, give you a uh, a prequel. I'll, I'll send you the website link so you can take a look at it. Is that cool? Sounds like a plan. I, I'm sure I probably got friends in China who I field test for that probably already have the bait, but I'll I'll let you guys tell me anyway. Well, this one is made in the good <laughs> well, old U.S. of A. So uh, yeah, you earned it with your good, good uh, with your good All call. Right. Yeah, this is a this is a really good bait, and I will tell you that uh, when it comes to certain species of freshwater fish, this thing is a demon on them. It is there's I don't know why, because I don't know what makes it so special, but they're just tearing it up. Yeah, so I'll have Vince text it to you so that you can. Have, but you got to be sworn to secrecy. You earned it, Captain. Hey, hey, I've been doing this for years, and I, I got secrets that I can't even remember. So. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Ray Markhams, thank you so much for calling the show, man. And uh, we appreciate your all your input and your wisdom and all your years of uh, good service with the CCA and everything else out here. The man. Duke. Good, good time and Yeah, man. Good time and I enjoyed the show. Thank you, sir. Thank you for calling. You, we got to take a real quick break. Oh, Lord, Steve Austin's hanging outside the studio. It's going to get bad. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Ford. Welcome back, everybody. Big and Wild Outdoors. Uh, we got uh, Braden, Vince, Carlos, and uh, Bill George. And then Steve Austin comes in here and disrupts right. the whole dang show. I just come by to say hi. Oh, you did? Hi. I told you later I'm going with my lawyer to throw some raccoons off the boat. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Steve. Steve's a, headed offshore. What, nice, what a nice hobby. <laughs> Steve's headed offshore and was asking Bill George, is it legal to use raccoons for uh, for offshore bait? And then Bill George promptly said, uh, that would be relocating a wildlife species yeah, right. without uh, without you know, a permit. It's, not, it's so. not a surprise it happened. It would have been a surprise if it wasn't a lawyer that did it. Uh, well, you know, I heard conflicting reports. I heard that the raccoon one leapt off the boat as he started moving. No, I heard that's one not where what he they said, "Don't try to defend this guy." I, no, I'm just telling you. And I heard that he. Uh, maneuvered the boat in such a way when it was on the gunnel that it fell off the boat. And right. then I actually heard a report that he shot you know, a it. A lot of people say that boat. about their ex wife. She fell off the boat. I didn't realize <laughs> That's why I left she it. was gone. Why was she on the boat? We were 200 miles offshore. She slipped off the front. I didn't see her when she spun. Yeah, they call that life without parole. Yeah. (laughs) That's how much the the raccoon slipped off the boat. I don't, you know. It's a raccoon. If you if it it knows where it came from, so it's going to go right back underneath the gunnel or wherever it was it was hiding when you were out there. Don't tell me you couldn't sit out there and and fish around the darn thing. I mean, it would stay I out of your way. 
I'd have left it alone. I wouldn't have cared. I'd have thought it would have been pretty cool to have well, a little passenger. foaming at the mouth and snarling. Now, that alone. would have been a different subject yeah. if it uh, yeah, if it came out and was, you know, like. I, I'm sorry. It, it would have gone overboard with me, too. Uh, <laughs> probably, ended up, probably ended up being a big, giant jig. Wow. Uh, you know, I don't know. Grouper probably came off say, and ate that. that is what's wrong with society, man. You know, throw a raccoon off a boat, kill it, kill a baby about to be born. What's the matter? <laughs> hey, we're fishing. <laughs> we're fishing. We got a license. Wow. <laughs> God. Oh, what a group you got in here. Yeah, yeah I know. What what a, they're making Bill look good. What a crackpot staff. And you're yeah. adding right to it. Yeah. A motley All crew right. of misfits. Yeah, what are you doing? You Q105ing it for a while? And then yeah, uh, QYK in it for a while. Oh, really? Well, it's that's that's that life you have. Yeah, it's it's quite a life. You go out, go shoot guns all week, and then come in and do your show. Yeah, I don't have anybody <laughs> to go with. All you guys are working. Yeah, I'm semi-retired. Semi-retired, so I'm going to go. Nobody takes me fishing, so Vince is right Hold here, man. Now. The last time you were oh. a little not feeling under the weather, there it, it might be because of the raccoon thing. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> are you pro know. raccoon? I'm pro raccoon. You can't go. <laughs> No, we have a trip set. You're going to take your kid, uh, you know, the grandkids, and uh, we're going to go out and hang out with uh, Captain Pollard. Aren't we going to go do that? Still? Yeah, we can still do that anytime you want. That's, That's the rumor. The rumor. It's a rumor. You got your Jamamine? My what? Jamamine? Well, if we're going offshore, I'm going to need more than that. No, we're going to go inshore, like three feet of water. <laughs> no, I'm fine inshore. Yeah, all right, he's all right. Yeah, you get a little chop I'm out going there. I'm going to Tennessee in two weeks to look at those big bucks up there, so just keep that in mind. Oh, really? So you want to go before or after? Uh, I want to go before. Do you want to go? No, wait. I mean, I don't care when we go. Let's when, go after because Pollard's he's booked, bro. Yeah, when you when are you getting out of when's he out of school? End of the month. 29th. Twenty ninth. Yeah, my kids will be a so couple we're going days up there later. For a couple days, and I'm going to go to my Uncle Carol's. He's eat up with giant deer. Oh yeah, what a what a problem when, that. When you was. have a hundred acres of corn across the street, they tend to get big. <laughs> <laughs> you got his own food plot. I don't have to. Play, I don't yeah, have I'd to watch plant somebody one. Somebody else, and all those deer go over and eat and come right back on his. Sure, why not? Watch, watch out for them combines. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you'll get. I, a few I got a buddy who's killed three of the biggest deer I ever saw sitting on a combine because they see it every day. They're not afraid of it. Oh yeah, it's like uh, being able to hunt on a John Deere. His tree stand sitting in the cabin of the combine. Yeah, and drive around and uh, go out there with the old Mini 14 ranch rifle and uh, you know yeah. see and, one I mean, and I'm go. Just monstrous deer, and, and he's like, yeah, they're sitting there on the combine. They come out. Well, thanks for coming by and just ruining the entire show with deer Sorry. talk. I'm not a trophy <laughs> hunter. I'm not either. I like to eat them. They're delicious. <laughs> Did you just literally? Then why do they need to be big? Because then that way you get more meat. That's yeah, a bo- Bill. That's a bonus. <laughs> yeah, and whatever, oh, everything that's growing out of the top is uh, is extra. Why do you have to get a twelve foot gator, Bill? How come they can't be six? Yeah, why don't yeah, you go for you four footers? Reaching handle. I, yeah. I, I have taken three foot alligators multiple times sure. in the recent years. And why? And why did you choose to take three foot alligators in recent years? Either for full body mounts or particular needs for the hides. So last, uh, last day, <laughs> last, last day of permit. Particular needs for the hides. So you're trophy hunting is what you're saying. So I just no, I I'm making something out of it. But that's a trophy though. That's you're a making trophy. a trophy. I, I say it. I say take a bigger one and make more. I, I love it. It's like uh, hey, you want to get a three footer? I need a new wallet. Actually, isn't it true the smaller the gator, the better the meat? The meat. I, d- I wouldn't say necessarily. I think that was in a porn movie. Okay. <laughs> on that okay. note. Uh, break time. Thanks for coming, break Steve. Time. Break <laughs> Break. <laughs> Steve comes in, disrupts the show, and then leaves. 
That's awesome, man. Well, that was a good exit. It was. <laughs> yep. yep, yep, yep. Leave yep, them wanting, yep. leave them wanting more. I guess I am. Hey, I, I would be remiss if I did not uh, let everybody know that Memorial Day is coming up, and. Uh, uh, I think Vince was the guy who actually started the segment on the show back in the day. Don't be that guy. <laughs> Don't be that guy. And uh, Memorial Day is usually the day where, especially on boat ramps around the area, we see a lot of those guys. So uh, if you haven't practiced backing up your boat in, I don't know, uh, a year, uh, you might want to uh, kind of go for help. Go for help. Don't be embarrassed. Uh, if some guy on the uh, on the dock goes, hey, man, you need some help with that, uh, you know, don't think it as an attack on your masculinity. Uh, take the help. Uh, but Memorial Day is coming up, and, of course, this week, I guess that's uh, from the 18th to the 24th is when uh, National Safe Boating Week uh, kicks under uh, kicks off, gets underway. With what? We have one-point-something million boats and watercraft here in the state of Florida and more every day being added to it. Uh, if you have not taken a uh, course, I would suggest that you would do that. It would probably be a good thing. And uh, also, uh, don't forget that, as uh, Captain Ray Markham pointed out, the guys in the gray shirts will be out there in full force, and they will be looking for particular items in your watercraft or in your boat that you are required to have as you go. And for God's sake, if you go to the beach, clean up after yourself. That would be one thing that I would love to see. It doesn't matter where you're at. And uh, True. Take it with you. But uh, the FWC would like us to take this time to remind you that boater safety is uh, should be up and foremost if you're going to be out in a boat. So make sure that you have a life jacket for every single person that is aboard your vessel. If you so choose to, if you are an adult, you would be encouraged to wear your life jacket. If you're a kid, it's mandatory. Uh, use an engine cutoff switch, a lanyard, as you've heard our... our uh, our Bill Dance segment that we play here, a lanyard could probably save a lot of people's lives. Uh, always have a designated and a sober boat operator. And uh, always the one, the no one thing that they always say that is the number one cause for uh, accidents out on the water is just not paying attention. And everybody doing what they're doing. Uh, you, you want me to make sandwiches while I'm back here? And everything. Oh, yeah. And put some man in. And then you don't see the marker or the crab trap or the, the sand bar or oyster bar and uh, end up on high and dry ground. So paying attention and having a proper lookout and having a guy doing his job behind the wheel. Your job is to keep everybody safe in that boat. Have an emergency locator beacon, an EPIRB type individual thing on there. If you want, you can have them where they're on each individual life jacket or for the boat itself. Uh, always, you know, I know a float plan. You don't have to sit down and script out every single thing or where you're going to be for the entire day, but you at least let somebody know. Uh, you know, if Vince ever goes out in the boat, just on general purposes, you'll say, hey, you know, we're going out this weekend, probably going to leave out at like 8 o'clock in the morning. And I always tell you where I'm going. I'm going out of Maximo. Yeah, we're, so. we're going out of Maximo. Should be back later on this evening. Or, you know, either he does it in passing, just telling me, or somebody, at least let them know that you're going to be out doing something out on the water. And as I mentioned earlier, taking a boating class is not an attack on your ego. But as uh, I take gun classes even now, uh, and I always look in there and go, wow, dude, I learned something new every time I go there. The, so. the Coast Guard, the Flotellas, they give out free classes every month. The one right there in Madeira Beach, that's where I went and got mine done. And they'll, free. Actually, and they'll actually do freedom boat inspections and all yeah. the other stuff like that for free as well. So it doesn't cost you. And carry Seto's number. Yeah. <laughs> 
if you <laughs> no, want just, to, if you want to, or uh, yeah, you know, do that, or get into a boat club type thing where you know that way the boat's taken care of, and you bring it back, and your float plan, everything else has all been organized, and that way they know what time you're supposed to be back, and you know your boats are well equipped before you go. Yeah, and don't be just, cheap. Tip the guys. Be smart, y'all. That's that's the bottom line. Just be smart. Don't be you know not paying attention to what you're doing. Yeah, don't don't over drink. No. Well, don't drink at all of, if you're driving. A, well, there's a lot of BUIs, man. That, yeah. Especially on the holiday weekend. They'll be out in full force and be safe and, and, and the safety of everybody on board. You're, you're in, well, if you're driving the boat, you should not be drinking, period. I was amazed. Oh, absolutely. Water. When Greg was alive. Lots of water. When, when Greg was alive and I would speak to him about his weekend, I just... I was I was floored by how many BUIs he would write every single weekend. He would write more BUIs than fishing violations. Seriously, I mean it was it, it just I was like really it's that bad out there. I guess, dude, you, you know just, why? You just don't even know. You know why? Why? Because a BUI will stick and they will prosecute. A fishing violation may not make it to court. Well, the fact is, is that uh, the FWC, as we talked about off the air. They don't just roll up on you and uh, assume that you've been doing something wrong. In most cases, they probably have been watching you for the past 20 or 30 minutes and making notations and know exactly what it is they're doing when they roll up on you. So that when you start going, well, I wasn't fishing. Uh, He was doing all the fishing. And he goes, really? So that wasn't you that pulled in that snook five minutes ago? You want me to show you some pictures? or Lying to an officer. (laughs) Oh, oh, you didn't throw any beers overboard, you know, empty cans and bottles and whatnot. Yeah, so these aren't yours. Uh, So anyway, the report uh, last year, 628 accidents. That's last from the year before. That was in 2017 was 766. So let's try to make it zero. How many tickets? Do you have that stat? No. I'm sure that would probably fit on the paper. It would fill up a lot of (laughs) paper. I will promise you this. I will not be on the water that weekend. Neither will I. I mean, neither will I. All right. We're going to take a real quick break, you guys. Who are the Big and Wild Outdoors. Brought to you by Brandon Ford and our good friends out there at G5 Feed and Outdoors. Hornady continues to build and enhance the Precision Hunter line of ammunition with an array of new loads that feature the revolutionary ELDX bullet with heat shield tip. Precision Hunter is one of the most successful ammo launches we've had. The original mission of Precision Hunter ammunition was for you to be able to extend your range. It was extremely successful, and you guys have spoken. The new Precision Hunter loads include the 25-06 Remington, 257 Weatherby Mag, 6.5 PRC, 270 WSM, 280 Ackley Improved, 7mm WSM, 338 Win Mag, and the 338 Lapua. Precision Hunter is factory-loaded, truly match-accurate ammunition with Doppler radar verified best-in-class VCs, featuring excellent conventional range performance, as well as the best extended range terminal performance available. Precision Hunter ammunition. Extend your range and never compromise at any distance. Hi, it's Captain Kevin Little of Old Florida Ventures Fishing Charters. Come join me on Tampa Bay and enjoy the great fishing the bay has to offer. Contact me, Captain Kevin Little, at 813-763-0024 or at fishalittle at gmail.com. Spring is right around the corner, so if you're ready for an awesome Tampa Bay bite, give me a call. And remember, a little experience goes a long way. Hello, everybody. I'm Bill Dance. 
And if you've ever seen my very lengthy blooper video, well, you know, I've had my share of mishaps. Because of that, you can take it from me that one thing I always take very seriously is boating safety. For instance, here's something as simple as it can be that saves the lives of countless boaters every year. A lanyard. I highly recommend you wear one of these every time your boat is running. All you have to do is hook the loose end of the lanyard to your PFD. It'll stop your outboard instantly if you should accidentally fall overboard or be thrown from your boat during a collision. Be sure to give your lanyard a field test to make sure it's working like it's supposed to. Your life and that of your boating partner could depend on safety up sit down and hang on there's no better place for your next atv adventure than bone valley with over 200 acres of twists and turns that's a -a one-of-a-kind atv experience and eight miles of trails a hill climb an open play area and picnic areas located at 10 427 county road 630 west in mulberry hours are friday through monday 8 a.m to 5 p.m state law requires atvs be registered prior to riding on public property riders under 16 are required to take a writer's education class for fees and hours check out bonevalleyatv.com Welcome back. Last little segment before we got to get out of here and let it turn everybody loose on you. Okay. I, while they're in here, you're all protected, so it's all good. But after 10 o'clock, you're on your own. We we had a change in our backyard the other day. Uh, turnips come up? No, this is along the same line. The buck is starting to grow his antlers back. Oh, really? Have you named it yet? Or is the wife named the uh, bucky? Or? No. You didn't no. give it a name? Well, that's none good. Of, none of them have ever had a name. Well, that's good. The, one of the pigs has a name. Do you have a name for your neighbor's piggies that you yes, feed a one, cup of corn? One of the neighbor's pigs is Peaches. 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 And why didn't he name the other three? I don't know. I don't even know who named Peaches Peaches. Well, I look at it this way. Peachwood smoked pork is delicious. So it would be a fitting name. You want a pig? To, to a eat? Pig? Absolutely. You shoot a pig? <laughs> I'll take a hog. Have Come you on a, over. You can pick one out. Have you cooked, <laughs> have you cooked that hog yet that you uh, that you acquired? No. Vince? What's no. that? Oh, have yeah. You, have you cooked that hog yet? A couple couple times, actually. Oh, really? I still have some left. Let me check the phone here. Let me see. I'm what, saving what, 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 you actually, no, I, I, I want to see when you called. Hang I'm on. Saving uh, hind, I'm saving one of the hind legs so I can put on the big green egg. Really? I don't see any. I have not oh. called you about it yet. Oh, okay. Oh, so it's, it's still marinating. Oh, is that what, <laughs> that's what it is? Yeah, yep. he and the wife have been enjoying the uh, wild pork, uh, and uh, apparently my phone uh, just doesn't take your messages anymore. I don't see him on here anywhere. It was turned off. You were at work or something. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, sorry. Hey, uh, I wanted to mention this. We were talking a little bit earlier about the uh, the temporary closure here in the Tampa Bay area for uh, trout and snook and all that kind of stuff. And I was talking to my son about it. He goes, well, Dad, does that mean that when we go out fishing this summer, we can't keep any trout for eating or anything? And I was like, no, we're not going to be able to keep anything and all that kind of good stuff. And uh, But we'll still go fishing. He's like, oh, okay. He goes, but I want to. I want to cook some stuff. His big thing on YouTube and on uh, Carbon TV is watching these guys who go out and they catch and they cook and they do all that. They clean it and they do that, everything right that, there. That's that deer meat for dinner guy, Robert Aaron. Yeah, you basically. Catch, clean, cook. I love this show. Teach how to clean the catfish. They'll always be available to you. <laughs> everything else, some some people really want to make them um, 
recover. Calf tops, yes. Give them, Iron heads, no. Those hard head catfish, I'm not eating those. I've never bones. eaten those. I always let them go. I have Calf eaten those. Though. I have the eaten cats? those before at uh, Vietnamese restaurants. They do it in a clay pot with fish, uh, with that fish sauce, and it's actually not too bad. Really? Yeah, because you can't really tell that it's catfish anymore after that point. But anyway, mm. I digress. So Barrett, on his own, he decides to take his uh, birthday money, and he's like, uh, I got a present coming. I bought myself a present. And I was like, what is it? He goes, I bought myself a Hawaiian sling. Good for him. So he wants to start going out and uh, whacking some sheep's head. So he's like, sheep's head are still legal, right? And I was like, yeah, they are, but they got to be a certain size, and it's hard to determine that sometimes when you're underwater. True. I said, uh, we'll have to get you hooked up with Zach and see if he can train you to uh, be a sheep's head slayer like he is, man, because he's the king of it when it comes to diving and, and killing sheep's head, that's for sure. But he wants to go out and do a lot of, uh, he wants now, he wants to uh, get into uh, snorkeling and free diving and go out and whack some well, we know a whole bunch of people who do that. I do. I know a bunch of people. So now he's out there practicing with his uh, Hawaiian sling. Uh, but now he wants to move up to a spear gun. I said, well, we'll wait you a should little have, bit. Uh, have Bill from AO take him out. Oh, uh, hey, man, Bill wants to train him, but he's he's going to wait for his bones to grow. All right. Hey, I did not know that. It? See, that's one of those things where I was like, you know, my kid wants to run. He wants to get a dive and da-da-da-da-da. And he's like, well, how old is he? And I go, well, he's 10. And he's like, nope, not going to do it. I mean, you technically you could do it in a couple of years, but let's wait till all of his bone plates and everything else, uh, you know, get into place. Is it because the you know, the the, the pressure yeah, from going diving down. underwater. Okay, that makes sense. I had no idea. I never would have thought of that in a million years. No, and there's and, I, and he's. I was like, "What? What are you talking about? Bone plate, whatever." Blah, blah, blah. And he goes, "No, man, you got to wait for those growth plates and everything else to be formed and do all that stuff before you want to get them underneath all that pressure." It's, it's, funny, bl- it's funny you said that. I, um, my son Eric yesterday was his last day of school, and I picked him up. You know, he just graduated from uh, high school. And he said, he, and he, I don't know where this came from, left field, that he wants to learn how to dive. And I'm like, yeah, it's not going to be from me because <laughs> uh, Cuban redneck fishes and all that, but I don't dive. Why? Right man, I don't it's like, awesome. I don't like being under the water, man. I do. I love it. I, I like being down there on the bottom, and uh, that I don't have any, you know, well, I know I, there's I, perceived dangers out there. Well, but I I've, almost drowned when I was five at Miami Beach. Uh, my dad actually saved me, but so being underwater and swallowing water, I, I got, I, I remember that and I well, don't, I don't do it for me. I have no desire to go a hundred foot down. Oh. If you turn around, put me 20, 30 feet. I, I love it down there. My you know? rule, my rule when I used to go out and go dive off of the West coast of Florida, my rule was I don't go any deeper than I can make it back up to the surface with one breath. And I That's knew that I point. could do. I knew I could do four laps in a pool underwater, holding my breath. And you, you know, you add it up and you go, okay, so I could do sixty feet, no problem. Especially do not if I hold your breath that, going up. That was a long time ago, there, big boy. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you could do that now. Well, well, I, not, I well now you I'm float, so, so you're all right. Yeah. <laughs> no, trust me. Me and the kids, we do the test all the time when we're over there uh, taking over Dino's pool. I mean, I think my best one so far, even at my age, I think it was uh, a minute twenty-five. That's pretty good. Which is not bad. So I know I can at least make it up to the surface if I've got, you know, fins on and everything else. And let the air out as I go up. Yes, Bill George, I know that. But I'm just saying I never dove farther than I could make it back up to the surface with one breath. 
He's been chasing that fish going, I, I can get him, I can get him, I can get him. And so even when I used to go out, you know, uh, we'd be 30, 40 feet, and uh, we'd go out and we'd have plenty of fun. Uh, I mean, I'm not like uh, Bill Hardman. I'm not going down breathing helium, nitrogen, uh, you know, argon but mix I, or something at you, 200 feet. I mean, I was on vacation because we obviously we lived in New York. So it was one vacation we took. But did you guys start diving when you were young? I did. Yeah. Age? Yeah. No, yeah. I did. If, if not younger. No, I was my, eight. Wow. I was eight years old when I started with my dad. My dad was a big spear fisherman. My dad used oh, okay. to go offshore and do gar rodeos and all that stuff and uh, he actually held the underwater uh, record for the longest time. I think he spent 72 hours underwater uh, one time for a radio stunt for Kajo in Shreveport. He, they Good put Lord. him in a giant tank, and he lived and slept and everything underwater for 72 hours until the skin literally was uh, coming off of his body, and they had to pull him out of the water. So, uh, And I went in there with a the tank with him with a hookah rig, and I was swimming around in there catching all these dead goldfish that somebody thought was a good idea to throw in the tank. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I've been doing it for a long time, so I have no fear of the water and being down there. I've never had a, an experience like you did where I can understand that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to go cave diving with Dean Palmer. There's oh, no way yeah. you're going to put me under the earth yeah, with nitrox and all that you, craziness. You know how yeah. Forget that. I'm not getting in a cave yeah. and uh, swimming around in there with triple by back up and, you know, string and then some guy kicks up dirt and you're stuck in one place for 35 minutes waiting for the water to clear. I was taught to swim. I was thrown in the pool. Go boy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are you sure they were trying to teach you how to swim? Uh, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) It might have been just trying to get rid of... uh, How about you, Bill? My kids were born, and my wife and I, we both turned around and got certified dive. You know, it haven't done a lot, but... You know, we went and did that. I enjoy it. It's just a different world. I mean, I love getting down there. Susie had a water water birth? (laughs) Susie, in in her certification dive... Came across a big shark in the keys, and and that was that was neat. But you know, like I said, if you're if you're down just a little bit and not having to come up, go down, come up, go down, you're lobstering, you're going down there just looking at some of these shallow reefs. I, I can't find a more beautiful thing. Yeah, I, I actually the the worst sunburn I ever got in my life was well that on the Disney Island, and I put on a snorkel and some fins. And was in the water for about two and a half hours following the, the reef all the way around. And when I got out, I was lobstered no. really, really bad. <laughs> but uh, anyway, go out. Have a great weekend. Don't forget to uh, be safe and be gentle to each other out on Memorial Day weekend. Have fun. Be safe. Have fun. You guys get out and go do your thing. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We'll see you guys next Saturday. Have fun. Yeah. See you.